On this Tuesday edition of Any Game of Fun Day, we begin by covering the Albany Empire. Tommy Grady is back, the two-time AFL MVP is back, and he brings help on the wide receiver end. After that, we get into some NFL draft grades. We grade the Jets, the Giants, the Patriots, the Bills, Mel Kuyper's grades, our grades, we compare them. After that, we talk about LeBron James ripping the NBA play-in tournament. Do we think it's a good idea? Does he think it's a good idea? And after that, we do a little come up and fall off. This episode of Any Given Fun Day is brought to you by 12 Months of June Barbershop, located at 11A Vitrano Road in Albany, behind Little Anthony's Pizzeria. Find them on the Booksy app at 12 Months of June. From there, you can book your cut the way you want it. Looking for the shape up, looking for the haircut, whatever you got to do, the fade, whatever it is, treat yourself. Check out the VIP haircut. You get the haircut, the optional beard trim, the eyebrow trim. You're getting the facial scrub, the cleansing mask, the hot towel, straight razor finish. June's my go-to guy. He's booked out for months, so you better get on him if you're going to get on him. He's one hell of a dude. Check him out on Instagram at 12 months June. If you want more information about his services, what he does, who he is, whatever, hit me up at Joey Haas or at Given Fun Day on Instagram. Book today. Do not wait. Ladies and gents, let's get into it and make sure you get the fun day bro. Another episode of Any Given Fun Day. My name is Joey Haas. Sitting across from me is Raymond Osterhout. Ray, how you do on a Monday? Dude, it's Monday, and I swear I said to you before, this was one I felt like this was one of the quickest days of my life. Like I looked at the clock today, it was 345. I was like, where the hell did the day go? Nice. It's one of those days, you know what I'm talking about? Which is good for a Monday. But I also felt like the weekend went by insanely quick. Did you do anything good this weekend? Yeah. Um went to went to a little frog alley. Oh yeah, okay. and do that. Right. So they had a band there on Saturday when we were there. Yeah, and there was this this old school band. Like, I mean, we were probably the only younger crowd in there. You really? know what I mean? So it was like fifty and up. Uh, right, not a, it's not a vibe. For we me. were we were kind of like out on the side. We weren't in the middle of everything, so it wasn't that bad. But when I'm seeing like you know fifty year old dudes going up behind their woman, like groping them, you know what I'm saying? Like he was like awkwardly like standing while she was sitting. I'm painting this picture for you. I'm sorry, but okay. I am. Yeah. He was like awkwardly like rubbing her back. You know what I mean? Like going, you know what I mean? Hey. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm probably makes- going to be there one day yeah, too. So I can't judge. Everybody makes their own moves, right? But um, no, it was fun time. And they had like pyrotechnic- pyrotechnics and shit. Like the lights were crazy. It was actually pretty sweet. Um, well, there's only two approaches to that now that you mention it, right? Like, <laughs> like when you're when you're in drunk mode, right, at a bar, there's two <laughs> approaches, right? There's either the... The, you know, there's one side where it's like, and this is like touchy, touchy, feely, feely, you know what I'm saying? Like, obviously you can go up, hey, what's up, I'm Ray or something. But then there's like, there's two, right? There's like the dudes that come up there and like feel you like a, like a nice fine glass, right? Like they feel you, but they're like, okay, you got to be, they're like a, a calm animal in a China shop as opposed to a bull. Whereas if you're a bull in a China shop, bro, you come in. You see a girl's hot. butt, and you're just probably honestly, dude. You're probably so cranked up, bro, that you you're probably like it's it's probably so. The thing you like, have, you know, you just, starts, <laughs> you just go and just smack her ass, and you're like that's mine. 
The don't do that. Don't about, do that. By the no, way. don't. No, never. We're, we're respect women. I just I'm 100%. just going off person what I've seen other right. people do. What I will say is this though, which is happening. you have to think about it like this. This dude's probably like when's the last time that dude ha- got laid from his wife? Oh, probably fifty five. Probably a little while. Yeah, I mean, right? he's probably had ED for at least seven years. So. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, like, obviously, when you get older, it doesn't happen as much. So, he's probably, you know, like, they're vibing out, you know, enter Sandman's on, welcome to the jungles coming, and he's, you know, oh, yeah, he's swinging he's, his face he's around he's like, he's a, like he's, he's a, a he's tiger. Like the lion king on yeah. top of the mountain, right. <laughs> he's just checking out his prey. And you know the best part? The what? dude, the, the main singer, full, you know, I'm talking about, like, like balding, right, yeah. from the front back. Sure. Then just locks, bro. Like, nice, I'm talking nice, locks. nice. And he's running around like during the intermission and everything. He's running around. Everyone's like, Robbie, Robbie over here. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, bro, even at that a age, magnet, right? It's just a nice. magnet. Probably like mid 80s, like 90s band, right? Yeah. Like um, vibes, vibes. Yeah. 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 Right? yeah, like, yeah. I'm not saying they're from the. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but know. like that's what, that's that's what they dude, were going that for. That guy is right? 60 years old, living it up. What, you know what I mean? Just vibing out. I loved it. It was it was pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. And then nice. Sunday we went to um, meet a few people because my sister works at the Tipsy Moose. Yeah, uh, we went there. She hooked us up. Nice. Hooked us up. Gave us some shots. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Did the whole nine for us. So she um, she's awesome. Nice. Love her. Nice. It was, it's always good to see my sister. Good. How about you? What'd you do this weekend? Work? You yeah. weirdo? Yeah, I just worked. Um, <laughs> just worked, and then uh, Saturday night came, and I um. What was I doing? Oh, I was watching the Yankees were no, yeah, Yankees were early on Saturday, I think. So I was just sitting there really, and um, I had the I wanted to start a fire, right, like in my backyard, right, like just fire pit. I mean, I hope so in the backyard. Not so in the I house. um, yeah, yeah. So I just I honestly, dude, I kind of got blitzed by myself, right? Just yeah, full on, just drunk, just sitting there alone, sitting, listening to music right by the fire all by myself. It just happened. Like, well, yeah, Amber, had a, night, Amber had a party that she invited us to, and I couldn't go, so I was like, well, I'm going to be in good spirits still, and I'm just going to get blitzed by myself. Yeah, I completely blanked on it. Like yeah. I said, I I completely forgot, and then, obviously, you didn't go, so you didn't remind me. Right, right. And then I kind of was like... timing, though, right? Like, happy birthday, Amber. Yeah, happy birthday, Amber. That ass. Happy birthday to Amber, one of our one of the best, right? Yeah, just, one of the goats. Yeah, one of the goats, and uh, a reason that this bad boy is still rolling. I mean, but made life so much yeah, easier on us. Shout out to Amber in a lot of ways. Great person, and has helped us. You know, he uh, including the interview um, that we just had, right? Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot that goes goes into it and behind the scenes, and obviously we have some other great people who help us out as well. But today is Amber's day. You'll get your turn. All right, Bray. Yeah, yeah. All right, Colby. Hey, hey, we're all we'll gonna, get there. We're all gonna get it. Yeah, my turn's coming up real soon, bro. When are you? I don't my even. My turn is. Dude, in I don't remember 16 any. days. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you remember people's birthdays? No. Like I am terrible. No. It's not I know. My thing. I know my mom. My thing. My mom's my like my mom's my dad's. Donato's just because he's in the same month as me. Yeah. I I don't. My it's sisters not my thing. and that's it. Like phone I numbers. My, phone I, numbers though. I can get really. Phone I'm number. terrible I with can't those. Can't get with a birthday. I, I'm just terrible with remembering specific things, hmm. which I feel like is a very bad trait. Well, I got a good trait for you. Give me one. Well, not a good trait. It's more like a good. <laughs> it's like, where the how fuck about are just you a, going with that? Just a good thing. Okay. How about, all right, so we got, we're, we're inching closer. We're just tiptoeing towards the Albany Empire season. And here comes Mr. Tommy Grady. If you don't know who Tommy Grady is, missing out. Yeah, you're really missing out because this is a guy who was our quarterback before, 
went out, slung the football like no other, was a two-time MVP for our team in both seasons that he played. MVP of the league, right? And he's back. So, before we get into this conversation, I'm going to give you the next thing, right? Tommy Grady comes back. Oh, yeah, sweet. Tommy's back, yeah. Getting the band back together. Let's go. How about the next day? The next day. Yeah, that's the 55-year-old. That's, (laughs) oh, okay, Herschel, come here. Um, (laughs) Day later, Albany Empire has a new wide receiver. Let Let me get you guys familiarized with the name Darius Prince. 2017 Arena Bowl MVP. 2018 went out. Obviously had a great season in the Arena Bowl. Or, you know, that whole season, then Arena Bowl MVP. 2018 comes, and he doesn't play there again. He gets hit up by the Philadelphia Eagles. So he's in the he's on the preseason team. He's going out, playing in the preseason for the Eagles. How about three touchdowns on 103 wide receiving yards? Wide receiving yards? Receiving yards. Yeah, just That's receiving fine. yards. Wide receiver, he is. Wide receiver, getting 103 receiving you're putting yards. Your, you're putting your... Um, thoughts into the same sentence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that's what right. I do. Hey, that's what you hear me talk half the time on the show. It sounds like I'm not going to say that. But that's the Tommy Grady effect, right? Like that's what we're establishing right now. Is this guy comes in, and not a day later, all right, we have the MVP back. Let's bring in an Arena Bowl MVP. Who, right? So he's an animal. Okay, you, that's already that. You don't even have to see the guy. You don't have to. You don't have to watch any of his videos. You hear that. And you hear that he was a beast in the preseason, and and you just you're automatically taken back, right? Like you're like, okay, shit. Like I tell you that, right? And without you knowing anything else, you're like, oh fuck, that's that, that's probably a good player, right? Yeah, I'm just excited to see what they're going to be able to do together. I mean, you know, we just talked about the new signings that they had. They're starting to get more people back, and I think people are just starting to realize like they built a championship here. You know, I mean, this isn't no slouch team. Well, they were a, they were an arena bowl team, and then they went and won the chip. They that's lost what I mean. The chip, then won the chip. Exactly, but that's what I mean. Is I feel like They're when good. you look at Albany, right, as, as a collective sports, I guess, foundation, right? O- over the years, I mean, we haven't really built like crazy, a great, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A great reputation around around the the area right. and the teams that we've brought here. You know, we haven't brought a lot of championships and stuff like that. Like CNN and Albany are always decent teams, or like we've ha- have those kind of years where they pop off, but. Albany just isn't known for its sports, so I feel like when you try and pitch that to somebody, yeah. just based off of that, <laughs> just based off of that alone, it's hard to bring them in. But when you get guys who you know have already shown that they've been able to win here and and, and succeed here, it's going to attract other guys that want to come play and want to come play with the better players in the league, right? And it's going to build another foundation where we're going to be able to start winning again and be a championship team right from the start. The favorite, my favorite part of all this, right, is the coach comes in, Tom Minas, right? He comes in, he's like, okay. Remember, I tell you about the interview last week. He's mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm coming in and like, don't worry about who I'm going to get. Like, I'm going to put my team together, the, you know, just, you know, balls on, right? Just whole meat, sausage, meatballs, everything just right down on the table. He's Go like, Tagus. Yeah, he's like, yeah, right, exactly. Ed Ogeron Jr. But, um, like, he wanted a ground and pound team. And now he adds in a two-time MVP quarterback. And probably, I mean, I'm, and, and this is off just speculation, right? But this is probably going to be one of the best receivers in the league. You would think. And then you have this ground and pound team who has a running back. I think we were talking about last week. That's like fucking, you know, Michael Sam's back there. You know, 
fucking offensive lineman, basically, you know, Brandon Jacobs Jr. Yeah. So you add that in, and now we're looking at, like, oh, shit, this offense is probably going to be pretty fucking potent, right? I'm excited. You're, um, you're able to spread. You're able to spread the is, field. Yes, yeah, and be, also uh, when we get you, when you get into those weird, you know, short yard games and those short yard um, field positions, you know, you're able to actually use the ground and pound. Which, like he said, a lot of arena football teams never really use. They kind of just throw the football every single play because of the way that the rules are and everything like that with the linebacker box and you know receivers coming in from you know ten yards back and everything like that. It's just kind of hard to establish a run game especially with less players on the field less blocking in front of you and less field obviously in general for the for the running back to kind of open up the space because you have to make a move and find a hole right immediately but if you have a guy who's going to get you five six yards from just bullying the offensive line bullying the middle linebackers it's going to open up your pass game a lot more because they're going to have to be more um aware of what 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 you're doing in the run game and uh coach coach minus nice uh, article here from the times union um he interviewed uh, they interviewed Coach Minas, and he says, quote, Tommy Grady is the best indoor football player in the United States, regardless of the league period. It's not even close, and I've coached in all these leagues, and I can tell you that with 100% certainty. So we got a good one back, Ray. It's kind of crazy to me that you have a guy like that. Obviously, I know it's indoor, you know, arena football league. You can say whatever you want about the sport in general, but, like, I would think after a certain period of time, right, of being able to show off what you're able to do, with a football, regardless of where you play or who you're playing against, if you're consistently at the top every single time you touch the field and every single time the season ends, that you don't even get like an offer or a chance to go and play like in a higher division or a higher league. Isn't that crazy to you? 36 years old. Okay. Okay. Well, that's probably well, no, a now, part of it. now. Right. But even, you know what I'm saying? Like even when he won, sure. won the, uh, the Arena Bowl. Well, my question is, right. The so CFL there's other, there's other arena leagues right there's other indoor football leagues yeah and this dude was just fucking chilling again like they were like all these other teams are like it's not like the albany empire is the only team one and it's not like they're the only league the nao there's other leagues right Mm -hmm. so it's like why didn't somebody else like hit him up right like he was just sitting on he's basically chilling right just you know probably putting a little work in chilling spending time with his family whatever he does and then like albany was just able to hit them back up and be like hey hey tommy you want to come back now he just came and played. I, that blows my mind. But how about nine seasons in the AFL with five franchises? And here, here's here's some stats for you. 38,062 yards 38, passing. 000. Six most in AFL history. And 850 touchdowns. So. 850? 850 touchdowns. That is a stupid. So. In nine seasons, that's a stupid. I know, obviously, every arena game's like 60 to 40, but still. That's insane. So, yeah, you tell me. How many you, picks does he have? Do you see that? I, it doesn't tell me on here, but I, I assume he has quite the ratio. <laughs> yeah, I was For, if you have eight hundred, that's what I was thinking. You could, what you, the fuck is his passer rating? You could literally throw, you could throw 300 picks, and you still have, a, what, a 3-to-1 ratio? <laughs> so, yeah, he's pretty good. That's wild. He's pretty good at football. But um, super excited for some, some, uh, some Tommy Grady, you know, back in. What a name. Yeah, let's go. Let's I mean, go. that's just got to be one of the top ones that we've ever had in the area. In, in, I don't even think I got to say in the area. I mean, you have a guy like Tom Brady, who is obviously, you know, yeah, all know got, Tom Brady. We got, we got, we got, and we got Albany sec- version. We got Tom, we got the we got Tom Brady version of Tom Brady, <laughs> Albany, or Tom Brady. That is just, I like it's that. crazy how things like, like that, that work that. out. Um, right. Let's, uh, we have a couple minutes still, right? Let's, uh, let's roll into something here. Let's, uh, you want to do a little, 
Let's. Do, I mean, the NFL draft was the other night, right? It was semi back to normal. Things was. were okay. Yeah. Right. You know, Mr. Goodell was on the stage. He was in his. You know, he was in and out of his chair. He was hugging dudes. It was kind of normal. Not completely, right? But it was pretty damn normal. Yeah, it looked it looked awesome to be able to see all that again, see all the players come out and everything like that. It felt normal to look at it. I mean, obviously with the fans having masks and everything like that, and even the people up on stage, everything. But, but you know what? Just put just the cherry the, on top of normalcy. What? The fact that the Jets were in the top five again, right? Like that is the most <laughs> normal thing that you could possibly ask for. And I yeah. think that's where we start, right? Let's yeah. start right there. Number two overall pick, right? Obviously, Trevor Lawrence went first. That was a given. He was already donating to charities. Uh, I think while well, he was still wearing a Clemson jersey on the field. Uh, so number two comes up. Jets pick Mr. Zach Wilson. And it's it's going down. It's not a, a myth anymore. It's not a rumor. Darnold's gone. Darnold's in Carolina. And Zach Wilson is the quarterback of the Jets. It's go time, right? What what's your what's your first thoughts on Zach Wilson going to the Jets? I think what they're gonna build around him looks like, you know, I think they did an okay job. Um just in the draft in general, they obviously brought in uh who was it? Who's the second receiver for the uh Titans this past season? Corey Davis. They brought him in and and one other receiver as well. I'm blanking on the name, but Yeah, he drafted too. Yeah, and they yeah, and they drafted as well. But I know they needed offensive line help. But why give up two third round picks to go get Elijah Vera Tucker? I just didn't love that decision for them. Um, I think they could have gotten something else later in the draft or um, just gotten more quality around him. Because right now you want to try and get as much talent and as many players as you can in the in the in the offense, in the system is in general, just because what if one of these guys doesn't end up working out? You then have a backup plan and you have another second or third round guy. And I just feel like this draft was even when I was seeing guys in the fourth and fifth round, they, they look like guys who could really compete. And you don't know who's going to come out of those ra- the later rounds and actually be able to compete on a team and be the standout guy for a team. Right. So sure. you have a guy and especially on a team like the Jets, who's just completely re- rebuilding. And like I said, I love Zach Wilson. I think he's going to be great. But the problem that. Sam Darnold face in the same situation as he didn't have help and they didn't build the right team around him and they didn't have a good coaching staff. So that's the only thing that worries me is that the, that they moved up for that pick. Um, but I did love what they did end up getting in the fourth round with Michael Carter, uh, the run, the fourth round running back that they got. Don't be confused with the, uh, with the fifth round, uh, cornerback. Yeah. Michael Carter. Right. Two. <laughs> But overall, I think it was an okay draft for the Jets. Obviously, you can't really go wrong with Zach Wilson. I think he's, you know, uh, especially with the offense that they're going to be putting him in, kind of fitting the same system that they had over at BYU. He's going to feel comfortable right away. Um, It's just kind of how quickly does this melt? Okay. So if you could rate them, you know, A being great and D being, what would you rate them? I'd give them a B plus. Um, the only reason I don't go A, like I said, is I just didn't love the fact that they traded two third round picks to go up, you know, a few spots. Okay. Um, so I'll start with that. Actually, I'll start with that Vera Tucker. I think he's. I think he was the best offensive lineman in the draft. Okay, Kuiper thinks so too. And you know, Kuiper took that from me. I told him I was like, Mel, I really, th- you know, I, I know you like Sewell, but I, but listen to me. All right, listen to Joey here, twenty two year old Joey. I think he's the best lineman in the draft, but no, seriously, all jokes aside, I think I think Vera Tucker is the best player in, in our best uh, lineman in the draft. 
I think they did an awesome job. I like the fact that they moved up, Ray. Okay. I think that when you have, because there wasn't any way he was falling to them. A team, any team that's looking at their draft board, right? So you just look at best available. He was the best available. At, and I think Jets were what originally 17, 18, something like I that. I actually think it was even like, tw- it might've been even, yeah, right. I think it was 18 so, actually. Regardless where they are, you look best available, right? Like those teams that are kind of in the midsection, they're not going to be, they're not going to be looking to fill one void, right? They're going to go best available player. So that's, that's what I think. I think that that was a great, great pick by them. I'm all for them moving up a little bit. You obviously get your quarterback of the, of the, of the future, Zach Wilson, he's there. He's here. It's time. Um, and then you go through. You want another wide receiver, uh, Elijah Moore. That's a, it's a deep draft class. I think he's probably my fourth or fifth best wide receiver out of that class. Mm-hmm. Right? Obviously, you have the Devontae Smiths, uh, the Jamar Chases, the Waddles, you know, those guys. Moore's right there with them. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that this guy is out of the top five. Yeah, he's and- a, a top four receiver um, in that draft class. And then you just look at the rest of their plays, and you know they they bulked up a little bit on the defense in the later rounds. You get your running back, right? And and I think that's you bulk up that offense in the first four rounds. And I think if I go back and I looked at that that draft one more time, and I say, okay, this is what the Jets should have done, I would have made all the same picks. Honestly, I mean, maybe at least position wise, right? I'm saying, okay, I need a quarterback, I need an offensive lineman, I need a running back, and I need a receiver. What order you do that in? That's what order you do it in. But I think they did a really good job. I'd give them an A minus. Okay. Yeah. The only reason, like I said, I just feel like they need more than one guy to fix their offensive line. I know he's going to be a great talent no matter where he went. I just don't know if they gave, I feel like they gave too much to actually go up and get him when they could have gotten, I I know it's not someone who's going to be maybe as good as him or last as long in the league as I think he will, but I just thought it was too much to, to ask for that. All right, Ray Ray, how about them? How about them G men, bro? They come in, they're supposed to have the 11 pick in the draft, right? Supposed to. Supposed to have the 11 pick in the draft. You know what happens. They trade back for the first time, maybe ever in Giants history, right? <laughs> they trade back, they get, they, they make a power move, right? And they end up getting a wide receiver at number 20, right? Do you want to comment on this receiver at all? Do you want to? You want to reveal the name? You want me to reveal the name? Kadarius Tony. I'll, I'll do it. If you put Kadarius me up for, if you put me up for the platform, I I've talked to a lot of people from uh, that. I, a lot of my friends that I know that are Giants fans. They're excited to have him. They're excited to and you know I don't remember if you remember. I don't know if you remember Joe. Who said that they might go and get a, a wide receiver? I I think you did. I, I believe I did. Hey, listen, half the fucking nation did too, Mister. <laughs> but let me tell you this, right? I right. I got to toot my horn sometimes. Sure, least, you, do. you know what I mean. So my my take on this guy. All right. So first of all, I'm like, all right, shit, giant. So this is all because, right, because the Giants wanted Devontae Smith. They trade, the Eagles trade up over the Giants into that number 10 pick, right? So the Giants say, okay, we can't get Devontae. We don't need anybody between the 11 and the 20. The next guy that we have on our board that wasn't named Devontae Smith was Kadarius Toney, okay? So he goes and they trade back, get him and trades back from 11 to 20. We know how the story is written after that. The Chicago Bears draft Justin Fields at 11. But now we have this guy, and I spoke on this with with Freddie the other night. Um, But I think that this is a solid move for the Giants. I think he is a Swiss Army knife, right? He is not just, he's not a guy that you can put in the slot, just put in the slot, not a guy that you can just put on the outside, 
right? He can do whatever you need him to do. He can be a punt returner. He can be a kick returner. He's going to be that guy, right, that kind of goes and can take the ball, you know, do a jet sweep, right? He's going to be the jet sweeper. He's going to be your your guy that you can put wherever you want on the football field, and you can be like, all right, this guy's going to make a play. You want him to, you know what I see him as, right? All that stuff, and I see him as the guy who takes that wide receiver screen, right, where he just comes behind two receivers, and he can turn that three, four-yard play into a 15-yard play, right? He has the ability to get in the open field, make guys miss, and get a couple extra yards, and I think that's something that Daniel Jones really needs, right, is... Sure, he's got the he's got the guy that you can throw it up to, and he's going to make that play now in Kenny Galladay. But now you have that guy that's down low where you can get him the ball and say, "Okay, go do something for me. I don't have to get you the ball. Like it's not going to be a pass completion. It's going to be all right. Here's a little lob to you. Go do your thing." And he's the perfect player for that. I love the pick. Another thing that he can do as well, and every quarterback needs at, in their wide receiver court is a bailout guy, right? And I think that's just kind of what you also were touching on as well, kind of beating around the bush of it, but. Along the same lines, he's he's going to be that bailout guy for Daniel Jones. He's going to be the second guy, actually probably third guy, I would say, assuming Sterling Shepard stays healthy, right? So you add another guy into that wide receiver court, and it just makes them an insanely dangerous team. And it's making it that much easier for Daniel Jones to try and succeed. So if he, this is, to me, this is his last chance. If he doesn't or isn't able to succeed in this offense with the Talent that they put around him. Yes, I know their offensive line may still need some a little bit more help, but you're getting you're most likely getting Saquon back at the start of the season. You have now Kenny Galladay, a true number one wide receiver. You have pieces around you as well. And Saquon and Barkley's gonna be back. Yeah, and you're and that's what yeah, that's what I said. And the and also your defense is really not, you know, a bottom tier defensive team. No. You no. know what I mean? So you have some goons on the other side of football. This team should compete. This team should compete. If they don't, I think you have to go and you take the Jets route of it and you say, we're done with Daniel Jones. We got to go get someone who can who can actually fill the void and is going to take us to the promised land. So I'm going to address two more things in the New York Giants, right? You spoke on defense. Mm-hmm. How about Aziz uh, Ojolari, right? Coming from the uh, the outside linebacker from Georgia. Yep, I love that pick. And I'm reading, you know, I read through a couple articles now from ESPN, from Bleacher Report, from this, the score, whatever it may be, right? They thought... That they would have been happy if the Giants took him at number 20, okay? They get him at number 50 in the draft. Great pick, right? I love this pick, and that just speaks for it, right? If they're if they think that it would have been a good pick at number 20 and they let him they land him at number 50, that's a great, great pick. All right. And then you speak on the Daniel Jones situation, right? So now the, the Giants, two rounds in, they've addressed the offense and the defense. Now, what they did, people will give, you know, they'll be angry. Some people are about the pick of Tony not being able to, you know, keep that number 11 pick when it was supposed to be Devontae Smith anyway, and they weren't going to, they weren't going to budge from him once they missed out on there. There was no, that was it, right? So let me, let me get you on board with this, Ray. So the Giants trade back, okay? They trade back nine picks. They pick up that Chicago first rounder though, okay? So let's say... Daniel Jones now has, not not let's say, not even hypothetically speaking, he has all the weapons he could possibly ask for. Dave Gettleman did this because he wants to see what Daniel Jones can do with everything. He needs to protect his job too, right? So in order to protect his job, he needs Daniel Jones to play very good football because he drafted Danny Dimes. He came in, he said, okay, this is my guy. This is who I want. I Did we think Daniel Jones is going to be a, a top five pick in the draft? No, right? Top, top 10 pick in the draft? No. No. 
right? He was, they went out on a whim. Exactly. So he's doing everything he can now, Ray, to protect his own butt. That's why Tony's there. That's why Saquon's there. That's why Galladay's there. That's why Shepard's there. That's why Ingram's there, right? These guys are all there now because Daniel Jones is set up to succeed. All right, I drafted Danny Dimes. I want every guy that I could possibly get around him so that he can he can be a better player. Now, if this doesn't work, Ray, right? You look over at Chicago during this season. If Justin Fields doesn't go out there and play great football, Ray, that's going to turn into a very valuable pick, right? That's a Chicago first rounder, unprotected. There's no lottery pick. It's an unprotected. We don't know if Justin Fields is definitely going to start because they still have Dalton there. So we don't know what, especially with the way Chicago has been running their, their team as of recent. So if Chicago goes out there and botches it this year, right? Say they get, say they put four wins on the board and they get in, in the Giants get a number 10 overall pick. Right, I think you're, you're higher looking, than that with four. You're look what? Probably top. I would say top like seven. With, okay, with, with four wins. So you're looking at that pick, right? People are, are gonna people are gonna criticize Gettleman right now, but if we look back on it in a year from now, and and Daniel Jones goes out there and sucks, even if he goes out there and plays good, no matter what Daniel Jones does, this is a good trade for the Giants because they're getting a playmaker at twenty. They trade up. They didn't need to be in the eleventh spot to draft Tony, right? They needed to be at twenty. Mm-hmm. It's a win-win for the Giants. Daniel Jones goes out and sucks. Now you're set up with a pick, Ray, where you can go out and get your next quarterback. You can try again. You can trade up, right? You're gonna have you're gonna have young players. You're gonna have that number. We'll say ten. Okay, just hypothetically speaking, could be seven, could be eight, could be nine, right? But we're saying it's a it's a high pick. Mm-hmm. You can pair that up with a guy, trade that. There's your next quarterback. Or if everything works out well, say the say the offense is great. The, now you're Patrick Graham, you're the Giants defensive coordinator. Your team plays great. Daniel Jones playing great. Now you can add another great piece to that defense. And that team is one step closer to being a true contender, right? Not just a, a bridge team, but oh shit, the Giants are really good now. Now they have now they have this whole great team plus a, a number six overall draft pick. Adding on to that too is like you said, the Ozolari was supposed to be a first rounder. The He's only an reason animal. he wasn't He's an animal. Only reason he wasn't was because of his medicals. Yep. I mean, you got a guy who you a lot of people would have killed for in the top 30 or was a top 30 at least in just a skill set that drops 20 picks into you at, at number 50. So, I mean, like you said, you got to hope and it, it say it does. If Daniel Jones can help this team win and bring this team to the promised land, hell, you make it to the playoffs this year, you're moving somewhere. OK, absolutely. You're, you're contending with the division. Dude, I don't even, think yeah. the division is going to be as I mean, I think we say this every year about the NFCs, but I truly believe that this year something's going to go different for them. The NFC East is going to figure out they're not going to be that oh six and ten team or that seven and no nine way. team that no eight way. and eight team is going to get into the playoffs. I think this division is going to be um, a three-legged race between. I mean, you could. I wouldn't say Philly's really in it, but I would say a three-legged race between the Giants. Honestly, the Redskins, depending the on who they start. Football team is disgusting, or, uh, sorry, bro. Sorry, yeah, I the know Washington football sorry. team. And um, the football team is is very good. Yeah, and and like, and, and obviously the Cowboys. We never know what to expect with them, but they have talent on paper, right? Yeah. yeah. So and Dak coming back. So right now, if you're a Giants fan, I'm happy with the way that they drafted. I'm e giving plus. that. I'm giving them an A. Yeah, I'm, I'm an right a. there. I'm two, right there. Two two potential first round talents to get. Plus, you get a first rounder, and you got a first rounder. Any out of them for Giants fan who's sitting here pouting right now is just they're wrong. You're you are wrong right now. You are wrong because. No matter what happens, you guys are going to be in a good position next year for the draft. Plus, you're going to have your normal draft pick. Yep. So, um, let's move on. Let's move on to New England, right? They you, got their guy. Did you get the second coming of, of 
Did you get the the Tom Grady? Oh, right? Did you God. get him? Um, I, just, I actually, I'm. I don't know about you. Yeah. I'm just hoping it's not. I don't want another 10, 20 so, years of right. Patriots football ruling the world. Let me tell you, bro. I'm so happy like, with the first thing I think right of right is that was a that's a once in a lifetime opportunity, right? I get Mac Jones is a 15 overall pick. He's not a whatever he was. What was Tom Brady like? 100th pick or something? Uh, yeah, like 187 or yeah, 99, right? something like that. Yeah. So obviously he's not Tom Brady in the draft, right? He's he's a lot higher overall. He's a higher prospect. However, you know, you look at that now, and it could it could very well be right. They the the Patriots out of the teams that we've just discussed. You could make a serious case that the Patriots had the best draft out of all these teams for the simple reason that they didn't have to budge, right? They We kind of had the feeling in the back of our minds that they wanted a quarterback, right? And it was kind of the Patriots knew by pick 10, pick 11, right? As soon as Fields went off the board, they're sitting there and Bill Belichick, you know, put the cigar in his mouth, right? And he was like... Fuck yeah, I'm showing because here comes Mac Jones at 15, and you don't have to worry about moving your. They didn't have to move an inch, right? They literally waited. He fell right into their lap, and that is that is to me that's the biggest win for the Patriots, right? If you move up and you have to give up somebody, giving up, giving up another pick, whatever it may be, then you're sitting there and you're like, oh fuck, I can't believe they just did. They sat right there at 15, and Mac Jones fell into their lap. Right, that's a win for me. That's a win for Belichick. That's a win for their pockets, their future draft picks, everything. Right, that is the biggest win for me. And then you look at from the other from the other standpoint that isn't the financial management, anything like that. You're talking straight from from talent in a football perspective. Mac Jones and I and I don't think anybody would disagree with me on this. He's not the, he's not the best athlete out of that. Right, out of the quarterbacks that we discussed what last episode or two episodes ago, whatever. He's not the best athlete. But is he the most NFL-ready quarterback? I would argue yes. And another thing is, too, what was Tom Brady? He wasn't athletic. Nope. He was a drop-back passer that sat in the pocket and was able to make throws. What's Mac Jones? The same exact player. Can you ask for a better situation? So, I mean, can you, you do, ask for a better you situation? You pair that with, honestly, I think they did a very good job in the later rounds, the third and fourth, and even the fifth round of going and getting guys that I think might have has a chance to be better in the NFL and bulking up that defensive line as well. You add that in with what else they've done with this offseason of adding Hunter Henry and um, everything that they've been able to do this offseason. You look at this Patriots team and you're like, why wouldn't they succeed next year? Why? I mean, really, realistically, obviously you got the Dolphins, but we don't know how two is going to go. Two was up and down last year. They got who they wanted in the first round and, and their wide receiver and Waddle. Um, they have uh, an insanely talented team. They outplayed what a lot of people thought they were going to do last year. Um, but then you really just have the bills, right? So obviously we'll see it's yet to be seen with the jets. I think they're going to be a work in progress. I don't think they're going to be fighting for, you know, the division in their first season. If I do say so myself. So, I mean, I don't see why they don't compete. I don't see why they can't compete I, with I the agree bills. because they spent a whole lot of money this off season, right? This is, it was kind of like everything balanced out, right? Right. You look on one side of Bill Belichick, you know, he likes to draft. He likes to fall back in the draft. He likes to not spend money in free agency. He likes to build from within, blah, 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 this and that. He did the exact opposite. He spent a lot of money and he sat at his spot in the draft. And you know what another thing is too? You had Mac Jones, right? What does that say to Cam Newton, right? 
you might get the best. Hypothetically. You could. You light a fire under Cam's ass. You get MVP Cam this season. You get another couple seasons out of him, and then you still have Mac Jones to follow that up. Imagine yeah. that happens. That's a possibility as well, exactly. and I feel like a lot of people as well. If Cam Newton doesn't succeed, you have Mac Jones as a backup. Correct. Say he does succeed, and he plays to the potential that we've all known that Cam can. It's a win-win for Bill Belichick exactly, in this situation. And don't there's, forget. There's no wrong here. 100%. And people, people are quick to forget that whole Patriots association, right? Like, everybody. They all love Cam Newton. They do. McDaniels. He McDaniels had the reason that Cam's still in New England. Swears by him. Yeah, he swears by Cam. He likes his leadership. He like. If you're Mac Jones, right? You walk into Patriots training camp the first day. You're greeted by three people, right? We'll say three people: Cam Newton, Josh McDaniels, and Bill Belichick. I can't think of too many situations in the NFL where I'd rather walk into than into New England, where you have one of the best coaches in history, one of the best assistant coaches in history. And a quarterback that is willing to bust his balls when he has to, right? Mm-hmm. Congratulations, Mac Jones. You were probably you're probably falling into one of the better situations in the NFL. Now we go over to another team, right? We go over to the Buffalo Bills, same division, AFC East. Here we go. Buffalo Bills go number thirty in the first round, and I love their pick, Gre- Gregory Rousseau. Such a swag pick, right? Get, I get he's still learning the position. He's you know he's learning. This guy's fierce. Bills needed a pass rusher like this, and they got it, bro. And I, I am, I get we can't talk. There's there's not much to talk. I get it. It's a it's a number thirty overall pick. This is exactly what Buffalo needed, bro. They 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 need this. They need a, another pass rusher, an intimidator, bro. And they they sat right there, and he he kind of fell into their lap too. I think he could have went a little higher. I love where he fell. I'm not going to lie to you as well. I honestly like their second round pick better than I like their first round pick. Boogie Basham, you saw highlights of him. Woo. They got two good edges. They're going to be able to rush the shit out of and Patrick Mahomes they when needed. they get there. And that's what they, they needed. They needed to bulk that defensive lineup. It made sense for the for the Bills to pick who they went out and got. And it didn't seem like it was too much to ask for them to go and get them. You know what I mean? They didn't really have to, like you said, they didn't have to move up or really do anything extra. You know, they had a great season. We were able to still get two... I would say first round caliber picks out of it and help their defensive line. And now you just look at what Josh Allen can do this year. If he can replicate his season, um, you know, obviously you'll lose John Brown in the long game, but you still have Stefan Diggs who, who showed that him and Stefan have such a great chemistry that that team's just going to be dangerous. No matter what, what you're you gonna do. Have Beasley, right. You're going to have yeah, Cole Beasley with yeah, a breakout year. Yeah, you're going to have a, you got a solid team. If you're the Buffalo bills, Maybe midseason you look possibly right to add another receiver or another. I think I think know, eventually you're gonna like that. Yeah, I think eventually you have to look at your running game and say, "I want at least a threat." And that's what Bills fans will say too, right? They'll say, "Well, we had that thirty overall pick, but don't forget, people reached on well, not people, teams reached on Travis Etienne, right? Jacksonville reached on him a ton, and that was probably." If we're if we're being transparent here, that's probably who the Bills wanted, right? They wanted that Travis Etienne or that Najee Harris. They ended up going what, respectfully, maybe like seventeen and twenty four or something. Whatever yeah, the Jags, I get it. They, yeah, they, they reached on him. Yeah, they so reached on him hundred percent. That's one thing too that I feel like has never really happened. That happened four or five times this year where teams went out and they were like, "We don't care what the mantra is. We, we want to pair these guy. guys." 
No, they want to pair with like, our with, with old teammates. Yeah. How tra- uh, Trevor Lawrence and Etienne. Uh, who else was it? It was um, Jamar Chase and, and and Joe Burrow. Yep. Tua and Waddle. I don't I feel like that, we've yeah. ever really had that happen in an NFL draft where it's like, let's go with the guys who they know yeah. for these young guys and make them feel more comfortable, at least make them a little bit more at home of guys that they know that they've had success with. And then they know that they can, we can bring this guy in. He's going to be, our, he might be our number one. Yeah. He might be our number two. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's going to be that star. So, um, you know, I think as much as you want to say that they reached, this could be a very good pick for them. Keeping Lawrence and him on the same team with the amount of success that they had at Clemson, how well that Trevor knows his play style. And as much as Etienne has, I mean, you have James Robinson as well, right? So you bring him in, you have another, you have a third down back that's a little bit bigger. You also have a guy who can go play in the slot. You have a guy who can go play as a receiver. You have a guy who can, you know, kind of be that Swiss Army knife like we were talking about earlier for that team. So I think all of it should be good in theory. It's just a matter of if they're able to execute on the field. Um, yeah. Do you want to you want to talk a little, little bit of Bronco and uh, Panther action or what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, I I sat there. Right. Number nine's on the or we're we're number nine. My boy Justin Fields is on the board. Right. This guy Joe texts me says, "The fucking Denver Broncos just pra- traded for Teddy Bridgewater." I said, "Why? What are we doing?" <laughs> We want a court, uh, uh, the worst quarterback competition of the offseason here with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. Like, I was all for Teddy when he was playing in Minnesota, but I don't know. I don't feel like we got much more than what they had in Carolina for the offensive side of the football, if I'm being completely honest, right? Yeah. Drew Locke turns the football over a lot. I know Teddy Bridgewater doesn't. He's, he's better than Drew Locke at doing that, and it seems like this is what they wanted. I just don't know why we're doing this. Like I said, like you said to me earlier, they're the favorites, technically, to go get Aaron Rodgers. We don't know what that whole situation really is um, going forward. I won't say this. I'm not. I wasn't mad because I know Patrick Sertain's going to be a star. I know he's going to be. I I hope. I should say hope. I don't know. I hope he's going to be that next <laughs> Champ Bailey guy where he he sticks with us long term, and he's that guy that you can go back and look at in Broncos history. You know what I mean? I think he's he has that caliber of talent. And something about him that I, I've loved watching from the time that he's coming to the league, or from the time he's be- played in college and everything like that. Um, I just don't know where we're going with this, right? I, I know we need to bulk up that defense, and that was a big thing. And I like what we did. They we landed the best corner, but we continued and we and then we continued to load up on better players. And our later round picks, I felt like were better than our first, like our second round picks. You know what I mean? So. We had a good draft overall. I wasn't mad about it. I just wish that we went Justin Fields or tried to do something where we could have somehow gotten both. I know that's a crazy thought. Maybe get rid of you know Bridgewater or Locke or even get rid of one of our running backs. Maybe get rid of Melvin Gordon because we still have Lindsey or get rid of Lindsey. You know what I mean? Um, I guess that was the only thing that I, I wish happened just because I wanted it to happen so bad. And it would have made me happy just to see Justin Fields uh, an Ohio State quarterback get a real chance. Um, and show people that Ohio State quarterback can come in the league and actually be successful. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll run the Panthers real quick. I'm I'm hyped, right? You go get uh, J.C. Horn. I like it. I like that Horn is uh, the son of Joe Horn, right? Played with the Chiefs, Saints, Falcons, grew up around the NFL, knows what it means to be a pro. He's, he's seen it his whole life, and I think that's something that 
that Coach Rule with the Panthers really emphasized, right? You grow up around the game and you play with a chip on your shoulder, especially because you got to live up to the hype of being, you know, Joe Horn's your dad, right? So like you got to play, you got to play good football. You don't want to be the the kid. You don't want to be Michael Jordan's kid and be like, oh, that's fucking Michael Jordan's kid. No, you're gonna be like, holy shit, his kid's better, right? Tatis. You know, yep. he's he's trying to go on that path. They're like Vlad Jr., right? Like in baseball. That's going like, to be a tough path, but right. uh, those are tough to pick paths. up. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, you, you want to go into the you want to go into the league and be like, yo, I'm going to be better than my pops. Right. No yeah. disrespect. Right. But that's just that's that's what he that's what he you want to make a name for yourself instead um, of being, you know, in the shadow. Exactly. Right. So I love the pick. And that just shows Carolina's trust in, in Sam Darnold. Right. There's Mac Jones on the board. Justin Fields was on the board and they went they went cornerback. They're confident in Darnold. I love the pick. Um, and then they go, you know, they go wide receiver, which I like. They go offensive tackle. Um, you know, I think it's a, they did a good job in the draft. I'm not going to sit here and say it's the best draft they've ever had, but you know, they did a good job, bro. I think it's fun. I think they went and got another running back in, in Chubba Hubbard there, who I love, bro. I love him. I think he's a big, big old freaking dumpster trailer, bro. And he can definitely take a little, uh, load off Christian McCaffrey. And the fact that his name's Chubba Hubbard, bro, just makes everything a, a little bit better. Isn't that in a jersey? Yeah, Chubba. No, I don't even want it. I want to do the jerseys where it's their first names. Um, but yeah, no, I think they they definitely uh, they spread it thin, bro. They didn't trade no draft picks. They just went hard. Um, but let's hop into our last segment, right? Um, but before that, let's talk a little bit about our friends over at the pregame game. We here on Any Given Fun Day are sponsored by the pregame games. If you're sick of playing kings at every boring pregame, check this small business out. They have original full deck drinking card games with no repeats guaranteed to get you drunk and have fun with your friends. Currently, they have the original deck, a bachelorette version, and they did release the Belmar version. They also have sweatshirts saying, stop being boring on them and shot glasses to go along with their shot cards in the deck. This game's intended, obviously... For 21 plus, do not do this if you're 18, you're 19, you're 20. Don't do, and, and don't think I'm, I'm missing you either, 17, 16 year olds, you little sneakers. Check out, check them out, right? Check them out, thepregamegames.com or pregame underscore games on Insta. Any questions? I, I'm 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 ro- I'm trying to play the game, right? I want to play the game. Uh, I'm a little low on budget, but I will get around to buying the pregame game. I'm in on it. I'm locked in. But if you have any questions about them, what they do, their website, oh Joey, what what exactly is it? Uh, yeah, I'll tell you anything. So any questions you have, ask us, ask Amber, ask anybody. Pre-game games, right? We got to talk about it. Mister LeBron James is like a two-sided knife right now, right? <laughs> he's like, oh well, when when everything's going at the beginning of the season, right? He's the first guy to say, oh, I love it. I love the play-in tournament. Oh, my God. I think it's a great thing. Eight, nine, and ten. You're telling me they're going to compete? There's going to be more competition in the NBA? Oh, my God. I love it. I love it so much. Tell me how you really feel. Now Mr. LeBron is sitting at the sixth seed, right? He's creeping a little bit closer to the play-in. And guess what? He's fucking pissed. LeBron, the two-sided knife, right? He's like, oh, yeah, I love it. I love it so much. I love you, bitches, right? Like like drunk white girl 2021, right? Yep. I love you, bitches, so much. You're my best friends for life. Mm-mm, not when you wake LeBron, up in the morning. Uh-uh, not when you wake up in the morning. LeBron woke up. LeBron woke it in, and he don't like this. And he got woke because his team without him is ass. That's right. And I don't know what the hell's going on, but 
If he's if he's pissed at anybody, it should be his teammates. I mean, right? What are they eight and fourteen? Something along those lines. Since since he's been out, he's sitting out again tonight. I mean, they just look absolutely lost without him. And I, and with the talent that they have, they shouldn't be. They should at least be able to manage five hundred. And we're gonna dive into this uh, for a couple minutes, Ray. But first, I want to say, did you see the quote that LeBron came out with the other night? Uh, about the guy who should be fired? No. Which one? No. Nope. Actually, it was a heartbreaker. LeBron said for the first time ever, right? Been playing in this NBA for, what, 17, 18 years, whatever it's been. He said, he goes, I don't think I'm ever going to be 100% again. He goes, I think this high ankle sprain, whatever it did to me, he's like, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But to hear that from LeBron, bro, right? Regardless of, of any, you put you put aside all the things, right? I get LeBron's been a little involved in politics. And maybe that's drove, driven some people away from him. Whatever you, Whatever opinion you have on LeBron James, you got to look at this and be like, shit. You're telling me that now I'm going to have in the back of my brain every time I watch LeBron that he's never going to think he's 100% again? That's sad news, man. It's a scary thought. Right? Sad news. I mean, it just feels like we're getting older. It's sad news. Isn't that crazy? He's been but, in the league for 17 years. But that's years. the scariest part is that he is he comes he comes out and he publicly says it, right? I don't think I'm ever going to be 100%. You again. know what that could also be, though? That's scary. You know what that could also be? Don't that could tell be me, some mind games. Don't tell me it's lying season in the NBA, I don't too. think it's lying season, but, I mean, it could be a mind game. You know what I mean? Like, oh, LeBron's not 100%. We, got, we don't got to guard that fool. He's old. He's washed, bro. What do you mean? We don't got to double him. And then he does like a, you know what I'm saying? Like the little, little hezzy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people could see that, but you saw No, it. nobody could see that. <laughs> when he does it. But you know what I mean? Like, it really could be like that. I mean, we don't know. Like he said, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. I, I mean, also think that when LeBron gets into that moment, he's not going to feel pain. He's going to have so much adrenaline. He's going to be locked in. He's going to be, he's gonna he's be, gonna be LeBron. He's LeBron James. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. I don't care. Um, Ray, let's dive into it real quick. Uh, what are your thoughts on the playing tournament? I don't know. I guess it's because we had it last year, right? We really haven't it was, seen it yet. It was this it was it. good for last season, right? Because it was, I know this season isn't a full season, so we're closer to a full season. But I just feel like players already complain about 82 games. Then you got to go into another two more games or something like that. If it was like the eight and the nine seed, I think like just one game. I don't think the 10 seed should be involved because say like, what happens if the 10 seed's just way off? You know what I mean? Like, right. I think that should only happen if there's, like, either, you know, like, a game or two. Like, which is a very hard thing to debate because, obviously, it would be certain scenarios that you would have a playing game or something like that. But I think if it's a close finish at the end, I don't mind it. But it's the fact of what happens when we have one season if they continue to do this where the 10 seed is eight games back of the 9 seed. You know what I mean? It's like... Why are they even getting a chance to be in the playoffs? And who cares? They're going to be going up against the number one seed anyway if they make it. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't really understand why they do it. Just because the players have an entire season to go about playing their best, winning games, and going into the end of the season. But it also gives people to watch something more. Or it gives people, you know, to be able to watch the lower-seeded teams get a chance to to prove why they should be in and everything like that and make a run maybe or something. But I just think the league is so top heavy right now that it really doesn't matter who no, the seven or eight seed is going to be. At all. So that's why it's like, 
I don't really, I don't love it. And I could, I could live without it, but I'm not going to sit here and say that, oh, I want it out of the league. You know what I mean? It's I'm not one say, of those And I'm the same way, right? Like, Ray, you've heard me enough. You've heard me for almost two years now, right? Like, you know how I talk and you know my thoughts on the NBA. If I can ask for, if I could grant the, the NBA ferry one, if, if, if they flew down, right? If fucking Tinkerbell flew down and she was like, I'll give you one NBA wish. And it could be like anything, right? It could be like a healthy fucking D-Rose. It could be the Warriors back and playing great basketball again. It could be, you know, LeBron's high ankle. You know what it would be? I want, all I want Tinkerbell is for you to come down and zap the players so that they're all healthy for the postseason. I don't give a damn about this fucking playing tournament because I know that the eight, the nine, the ten, whatever, whoever it is, you can put, you can make it in as the eighth seed. You're not gonna, you're not gonna beat good, right? Like you're not gonna go out there and make it and, and win the win the finals. You're not gonna, and that's just the reality of it, right? I want to get to the finals. I want to get to the Western Conference, the Eastern Conference finals. I want to see healthy guys, right? I don't want to see Kyrie banged up. I don't want to see him missing. You know, remember when he was missing games with the Celtics? I don't want to see that. I want to see healthy Kevin Durant. I want to see a healthy James Harden. I want to see whoever else, you know, a Tenacumpo healthy, Middleton. All these guys, I want to see LeBron playing. I want to see them all healthy. That's it. You want to see each team at their best to see who Correct. Can actually, who actually so is the best I get that. Ever. I get that this is about the playing tournament. But this playing tournament, in the, in the grand scheme of things, right, unless you're a fan of one of those six teams or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. I'm a Pacers fan, right? We're going to be in this playing tournament. So are we. I'm a Mavericks fan. Yeah, you're a Mavericks fan. You're going to be in the play. You don't care, right? No, we should. Cool. We, you either deserve to be there or you don't. Like, the only I'm reason, happy. The only reason I could see this being here is if, like, say, right, say the Nets, right, for example. Yeah. Say Kyrie, KD, and Harden are out almost all year. Yeah. Then they come back. They're in like the tenth, like the eleven seed. Like they just have a terrible year because they have no players or something like that. Right. They come back. They make it to like the ninth seed. You want to see them in the playoffs and what they can do. Because then that spices up the entire NBA. Sure it does. You know what I mean? That's something that you're like, oh shit, that would be sweet if that happened. But when is that going to happen? It's really, it's it's a cool thing, I guess. It's but a, at the it's same a good time, concept. It doesn't do anything for me. Exactly. Now, and, now to say that, now to be LeBron and say, oh, this shit sucks because now that he's down there, that's a hypocritical thing to say, right? He was the if he if he's sitting at the number one seed right now, right? We're not having this conversation. This is not even a, a thought in LeBron's mind. Look, there he is on the screen with it. No, 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 no. Listen, if this is if this is all going the way that the Lakers planned it out to be, LeBron's healthy the whole season, AD's healthy the whole season. Drummond comes in as the as the you know the backup, the second round of guns. Schroeder's there. Trez is playing. All these guys are playing good basketball. Kuzma, we're not having this conversation. Well, the only reason we're having this conversation in the first place is because some unfortunate events happened with the Lakers. LeBron got hurt for the second time in his goddamn career, which never happens, and that's why he's bitching and moaning. I'm a, I'm a, I like LeBron, but at the same time, he's got to cut it out, man. The only reason he's doing this is because he's in this position now, right? Laker, Lakers win the championship. Okay, we will be doing a play-in tournament for the 8th through 10th seeds. Yeah, all right, I like that. All right, yeah, cool. That's cool, man. That's what LeBron says. Now he comes back from injury and his team's going to be in it. That guy needs to be fired. This guy needs to be fucking <laughs> fired, man. Fuck this. It don't make no sense, man. I'm not going to... That's where I'm going to end my my 
take on this. Okay. Yeah, I don't disagree with you at all. Like I said, I don't really love it, but for you to go out and say that it's good that there's more competition, then come back go back on your word. It's just like it gives the people more to talk about because people already there's so many LeBron haters and you either love them or hate them. It's just like you're fueling the fire. Which well, just another thing is it. he could be doing that. He could be. He could be doing he could that. Be. Then he comes out, say he comes out, shits on everybody in that bracket, wins the chip as like a seven seed. Right. Plain and simple, though. Pick you know what one. I mean? Pick one. That right? I agree. I completely agree with you. But like I said, he could just be fueling people to the fire. Sure, sure. Which, who knows at this point, but yeah. Want, want to end with a little quick uh, come up, fall off? What do you got for me? What do you want me to start with? Whatever you got. What do you want? I'm going to go come up. I'm, I'm Give me hype. You want to hear hype? Yeah. Have you watched the Astro World Fest oh, boy. video? How hype. Oh my god! I literally was watching it. Where's I got goosebumps? I don't get those every time. I get those goosebumps every time. Yeah, no copyright. But seriously, <laughs> but dude, I saw that in the past two years that they've had it. Obviously, last year they didn't have it, but the two years that they've had it before this is their third year doing it. It just looks absolutely insane. It's going to be in Houston again. It's at the Houston Texans Stadium. I can't remember the name of it, but I'm. I need I okay right now I need everyone I need everyone to focus. I need everyone to lock it the fuck in right now, okay? If you are listening, lock it in. Okay? If you are hearing this, you need to pray for me cuz I requested time off from work when I already have a week off and I'm not supposed to have any more time off to go, to be able to get tickets to go to this. So I need everybody tonight put a fucking spoon on your pillow, put the pajamas inside out. I need a prayer for your boy Ray. All right? Cuz I Anyone who knows me knows how much I love Travis Scott. And I'm just, I've only seen him once in person. It was when he uh, came out at Drake and Migos concert, mm-hmm. which was fucking insane. But I've never been able to fully see him live by himself. And, and the amount of performance that he's had over the years there, it, it would just be insane. And yeah, after this, I'm going to show you, I'm going to pull up the video now so I can show you exactly what it looks like. All right. I'll, I'll give a little come up on the way. My come up is Mark Wahlberg. It's plain and simple. Mark Wahlberg, right? This guy tweets out the other day. So you know how, obviously, Ray, you know Mark Wahlberg, right? Yes. Actor. Yes. So And Ted, bro. He puts, a, movie. He puts, a, he puts a picture out of, of him before, right? Okay, so I'm going to show you this. There he is before. You see this? Yep. Shredded, right? Mm-hmm. Shredded Mark Wahlberg. For a role, he has to put on 20 pounds, and he's put it on in three weeks, right? Look at him. Marky Mark Wahlberg, this dude, the reason he's on a com- my come up, bro, is because I don't even think that, you know, I, I don't, I don't know how you can even humanly do that. How can you put on 20 pounds in three weeks and, f- and, and still be alive? Mark Wahlberg, the goat for this one, right? He, he puts on 20 pounds in three weeks. It, it's simple, right? Like th- all, but nothing but respect for the goat, bro. Like that is the most crazy thing that I've ever seen. I can't believe that you have to do that as an actor. 20 pounds in three weeks. But that just looks like, that doesn't look like 20 pounds, bro. That looks like 70. And he that goes, looks like 70 he goes pounds. quote, I'm going up another 20. You sick fuck. <laughs> he's you just sick enjoy- bastard, bro, Mark. He's been eating, he's been eating, he's been doing the, what's that, uh, what's the thing we watched in high school, bro? Oh, the McDonald's, McDonald's thing. Supersize me. Supersize me. He's doing that shit. But the craziest part is, right, is once he's done with this role, 
He's going to shred it all back off. And he's going to make us all feel like pieces of shit. Yeah, what? What's he, 40-something, probably? Yeah, probably. Well, I'll end with, uh, I guess I'll end with the fall-off for you. I don't know if you have one. I think, I feel like I've already said this. Like, this has been one before, but I just have to reiterate it because it pissed me off so much when I was at the bar on um, Saturday. What do you got? We were, so we were at Frog Alley. We were watching uh, the Mets game was on. My friend was betting on the Mets game. So he was like, you know, he was into it, into it. And a play happens where there's a ground ball up the middle. Francisco Lindor gets the ground ball, goes to tag Andrew McCutcheon, completely misses him. And McCutcheon, like, just, like, kind of goes around him. Lindor doesn't even really lunge for him. And then Lindor throws the ball to first, gets the guy out of first. Second base umpire comes over and calls McCutcheon out for running out of the baseline. And they call a double play, innings over. And I just sat there, and I was like, how did that just happen? I go, I go, Lindor clearly didn't tag him. What is the call on the field here? And then they go to the replay, and the and the and one of the announcers is like, yeah, it could have been that McCutcheon ran out of the baseline. I go, ran out of the baseline? The guy didn't even touch the grass. And then they go to replay. <laughs> then they go to replay, right? And they literally show, like, you know, like they have the, the tracker of what McCutcheon did. It was a direct straight line from first base to second base. Like, when they tracked him, running. And they go to replay, and they overturn it. And I was like, oh, no, actually, I don't think they did overturn it. I'm pretty sure they didn't overturn it. They called McCutcheon out, got the double play, and the inning was over. And I was just sitting there. I'm like, you take all this time, waste all these people's time going to New York, making sure you're getting the play right, put all this money in all this replay shit, and we still not getting the call right. What are we doing? Right? Either fix it, get it right, or get it the fuck out. Uh, there's no in-between for me, and I, I've seriously had it with the amount of bullshit that is going on in the MLB recently. Because <laughs> I love baseball to death, but my God, I don't want to sit there for 20 minutes picking my ass, watching the game, visually seeing what is happening. Everyone else is seeing what's happening, and you still go and make the wrong call. I just don't understand it. Because then the, people look at the umpire of the second baseman and are like, well, he made the call in the first place. They shouldn't even be having this conversation. No, the people who in New York City who they're calling, talking to you for 10 minutes, wasting everybody's time, are still getting the call wrong. So you can't look at the other guy and Ridiculous. say he had made a bad call. Ridiculous. Oh, since you right, man? Calm down now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Any Given Fun Day. We'll be back again a couple days. A couple days. Yes, sir. Everybody, enjoy your week. We're one step closer to the pandemic being over. Yes, sir. But make sure. Never forget. Let the fun is roll. <laughs>